Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool kids be like. Chemistry sucks a D. Adults be like. Physics, honey, not for me. But we're all just alive for a tinty bit. And science is the best way to understand it. Psycho, we show you studies are bang. Psycho, even scientists can be gay. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense. But we are a sub-science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about climate change deniers. Who are they? Why do they believe the things that they believe? And we're going to also look at some of the studies that they like to proliferate and debunk them. Hello, hello, hello. Long time no talk. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. Since we did a podcast. Okay, people, these things are going to happen period. Yeah, well, I think we can do a batches in a row and then... um like so this actually <laughs> we're not going to do a match right now so hopefully like another one will come out soon but no we just like got wound up and like making a bunch of videos in a row and it took a while and we were so focused on that so we didn't so what was the, the most recent video we made was part of this hashtag team trees thing which is really interesting if you don't know about it it's this huge movement online started by i think we should say youtubers mr beast and mark roper i don't know if people who actually listen to this podcast know that we are in fact youtubers and we are in this <laughs> community of science-minded youtubers And they really worked really hard to create this movement to try and plant 20 million trees, raise enough money, $20 million to Mm -hmm. plant 20 million trees Mm -hmm. in the next coming two years. And they're pretty close. Where are they? They're trying to raise it by 2020. Yeah, they're trying to raise it by 2020. But the trees are actually going to be planted by 2022. They're not going to plant them all in like. Yeah, the uh, next two months. But there is misinformation about that online. A lot of people are like. Yeah, because I think people just got excited and want to be part of it and then just saw the 2020 date and were like, we're going to plant them by 2020. But ultimately, the website explains. So literally, all last week, we were in a park playing with trees and we made a song fully out of trees. It was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. It was going. And I think so far it's maybe you raised like eight million or nine million dollars or something like that. Maybe. All of them together. Not our specific no, video. No, <laughs> not our video at all. Elon Musk um, just gave a million dollars. Yeah, and YouTube's gonna give a million to match him. And Jack Dorsey, the head of Twitter, just donated like 150000 or something like that. So um, we'll Elon see. Musk is like in a scandal right now where he said he didn't have any like liquid like cash, like oh. legally. And then like I like was reading an article where they were like, that. well, you just gave a million dollars to this thing. And it was like, is it going to come back and bite him? Oh, no, I didn't we'll watch know that. that. I know. Anyway, it's a really cool project. If you want to check it out, it's teamtrees.org. You can use the hashtag teamtrees to like see what everyone else is posting and watch our video, which was, yeah, just like a weird, what kind of video would you call it? It's like a, mu- it's a song. It was based on a B 
Beastie Boys song. Yeah, Girls. but it's like all the noises from trees. We we like blew into leaves to make like um, audible like it was tonal and noises. scraped the bark yeah. and all branches fun. that we broke were already dead trees. Oh yes, no <laughs> we trees were like were we don't want to like like make break. the tree video where we're literally damaging. Even when trees. we were talking about roots, we didn't want to film near like dead trees because we were like, is that sad? It's an important part of a forest system, yeah, the dead trees. But we were in a park, and I was like, I don't know how this tree fell. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Oh. What did we learn this week? Today we're talking about climate change denial. And I've been reading a lot about this this week in preparation for a new video. So my what did we learn this week was actually about this. So do you know the IPCC? Do you know what that is? Yeah. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. So this was created in 1988. It's what so governments can come together and recognize the threat. At the time, they would say global warming. Global warming still does exist for everyone. Like <laughs> I, it's frustrating because people are like, "Well, it's global warming now. It's climate change. It's like okay, global warming is causing climate change." <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, and yeah, it synthesizes the best scientific projections about the future and. It's so well edited. It's very conservative, like actually a lot of specific papers. Like trying not to overblow what might It just needs to be accurate because mm-hmm. they are giving this information out. It needs to be the number one trusted source. Mm-hmm. All the governments have to sign it. It is so well researched. It's hundreds of editors who are scientists who make wow. sure that all of this information is important. It talks about climate change. You know, it is real. It is here. Very important paper. Okay. Very important concept, very important institution. Yeah, I think most people have heard of this. Yeah. The climate change deniers literally made a thing called the ICCC. So ICCC. It's like, yeah. So it's ICCC, you girl. <laughs> so it's it's just like one of those frustrating moments where it's like, you're just trying to be sneaky and manipulative. Right. Yeah. Like, to have people accidentally stumble upon maybe this and yeah, think it's And it think is. it's real. And it's called the International Conference on Climate Change. And yes. it's I know, and it's funded by the Heartland Institute. Like, even what, the name. What's that? So, the Heartland Institute is one of the main financial institutions in America of climate change denial. It's okay. huge. It's where all the main people, Chris Horner, all these really famous climate change deniers who are okay. who are really big, like, you could probably say activists. Like, they, right, they garner a lot of things. attention. People really believe these people. Okay. The Heartland Institute funds them. The Heartland Institute, funded by the Koch brothers, funded by fossil fuel industries. Okay. It's all a big thing. But it's called the ICCC. It's the number one climate change denial conference. And I just was like, learning that made me so frustrated because it's like. And do they invite any real, like, uh, what would you say, like, people who support and believe climate change? Or is it just a bunch of people who are trying to prove it's wrong? No, no, trying to prove it's wrong. So the. Um, like, is there any genuine discourse, is kind of what I meant. No, well, 97% of climate scientists collectively agree and accept that climate change is real and it is being caused by human activity mm-hmm. and CO2 release. 97%. Mm-hmm. So those other 3% would go to like this type of conference. and like little babies. Yes. And like Willie Soon is a really famous one. He's an astrophysicist who they just found out is actually being funded by fossil fuel companies. Mm-hmm. So it's like, of course, there's all these other people involved who are, who are scientists. They, they have scientific degrees mm-hmm. and they fundamentally deny climate change they exist there's a small 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 mm-hmm. amount of them and they go to this conference right but yeah anyways i just thought that titling and that name was just important yeah, for people so to know sneaky. yeah that is worth knowing and it's just so frustrating when you're like if you're a legitimate organization why do you need to kind of like codedly fi- yeah, yeah find ways to have people accidentally stumble upon what you do and think it's legitimized by copying the name of something that is actually legitimate yeah, and we'll get into it more later about cherry picking and how they actually climate change deniers thrive and make this movement still a thing, which is so scary. Um, but what did you learn this week? 
Well, mine is like not intentionally climate. Oh, there you go. I, was, oh, I fell on my mic again. <laughs> uh, mine's not intentionally tied to climate change, but sort of related. Um, but they just found out why bird eggs have bird. different colors. So you know how oh. you like can see like there's white bird eggs, obviously, but there's also like some that are reddish, some that are greenish, or like when or you bluish, go to a fancy like, places and there's a quail egg and it's like spotted. Yeah, exactly. Like spotted in all different colors. Um, do you have any guesses as to okay. why? Okay, 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 okay. They might be different colors. I'm guessing it has something to do with evolution and preserving the f- so that they don't get eaten. Like, do they Good match? Guess. Do they Good match guess. like? Do they match really untasty rocks, or do they <laughs> blend in? Uh, are there or... tasty rocks? Yeah, I don't. Know. <laughs> Did no, you know that's that... Okay. that was one of the theories. Do you know that, that salt is like one of the only un like like rock or unliving thing that we eat? Does that oh. make sense? Like everything else yeah. is rooted in like something like uh, li- something eventually or at some point was organic and living, but huh. salt is like the only like quote unquote rock that we eat. <laughs> well, interesting. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Neil deGrasse yeah, like, Tyson said that once. I didn't fact check it, but I was like, it's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, I like I hope he's not yeah. lying. Okay. Um, okay, so yes, that was one of the theories was that like camouflage is a reason that different eggs in different regions might be different colors or spotted. Protecting against UV light is another thing they used to think. Um, and one other one that they thought was maybe it helps birds recognize their own eggs, whether it be like the mother or whether it be like the same species. Like, oops, just... popped my butt on the wrong egg. Yeah, or like maybe like as an altruistic act, I'll look after this egg because I know it's part of my same species. Okay. But they found out the major uh, factor is just temperature. So based, they, they started like collecting eggs all over the world and they would like average out their color. So because some eggs are spotted, they would like say, okay, the spots are red. We'll average this out to like a pale a pink, a, if a you pink, will. Right. And they found that uh, in colder climates, eggs are more likely to be darker brown. But as you move towards the tropics, you get way more colors. Um, potentially huh. because, yeah, isn't that weird? So it's like in the north, like probably more in Canada and as you go north. And it has see. nothing to do with camouflage? Well, so this study found that this was probably the main reason or it was the only link that they could find explicitly linked. They still think it probably has to do with camouflage. Also, it's important to note that this study did not shine any light on why some are spotted. So it was like just about color and just trying to understand like, like oh, a there large is, scale pattern. Of yeah. Like change, as you go, like if color. you're coming from like the northern hemisphere and going towards the equator, you're more likely to find more light colors and a bigger variation of colors, likely because of selective pressures, because there's so many more birds as you go to the equator as well. Right. So you get so many more species. So like lots of different colors appear. Um but yeah, it said like darker eggs are more heat absorbent. So in the north, when the sun hits them, oh, it helps wow. them to stay warm since that's the only mechanism of temperature regulation. Um, oh my God. So it's but, like a way for them to help like cook them a little better. Cook yeah, them in a good way, not cook fully cook, cook them, them the way the we gr- do. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, but the obvious concern here is that what? birds are a species that have adapted their traits to particular climates. And so as, as cl- temperatures oh gosh, rise, yeah. it's going to have They a will impact. maybe get cooked. To they might become too warm. Yeah, or, or like, you know how so many different animals have different types of senses, like like using the magnetic fields of the earth to understand, like birds do that as well. So it's what will the impact of like different temperature changes do on their ability to cope and their evolved traits if those temperatures <sighs> change too fast. I always think like about animals and if they had the ability to maybe think in the way we do and just flying around being like, why are you ruining this planet? You know what I mean? Like so much of our repercussions as a species on this planet is being so detrimental and causing such mass extinctions to these other animals that obviously I can't, I mean, hashtag Pixar, they are really good at making animals have like human qualities. But I do think about that a lot. Yeah. Oh, shoot. oh wait, 
I just unplugged my own my thing. Oh yeah, you can. You can still hear me. I can still hear you. Okay, yeah. I'm fully Greg is a, such a klutz. Oh like, my god! Constantly Even I'm that, just I was just like, oh, we unplugged it. it. <laughs> I broke our camera. Yeah, literally our camera, which was very expensive. And I now there's now duct tape on it, and it still works. And it's like, Greg, get a grip. Oh god, <laughs> my therapist told me that. I need Ironically, to get a grip because that's the piece that broke off the camera. It literally shattered the side so that the sensor was exposed. The handle fell off. And then we just had to put duct tape. It still did function, and you can go to, through the menu to control. And you were things. like, really, like you didn't freak out. Well, I was like <laughs> kind of annoyed because I had been like, oh, maybe be careful putting it there because it's so windy today, it might fall over. And Greg kind of laughed at me. And then I didn't literally laugh at moments you. later, it broke, it blew over. <laughs> oh my and God. Broke. So that's something else I learned this week is that. Um, <laughs> No, I always knew Greg was a klutz. I wasn't that mad because I was like, I'm not. It's just an accident. Those things happen. But I was annoyed that you kind of like scoffed at me. I didn't scoff at you. Okay. Well, apologize the, yeah, on the pod. I did apologize. <laughs> I am so sorry that I broke the camera. But it still kind of works. It, there's just duct tape on it and it's not good. We'll get a new one. All right. Well, let's get into the meat of the episode, if you will. Study time. Study time. Study time. Study time. So today we are talking about climate change deniers, a concept that I find kind of exhausting. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. I mean, you've been working on a video about it right now, right? Like how to talk to climate change deniers, basically? Yes. And there's a lot of research on it, and it's hard. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, we're, we each have a couple studies we're going to touch on now, but it is one of those. It's like a catch-22, because in one sense, you want to ignore it. You want to be like, it's not worth giving the time to to acknowledge things that people are saying and, that are completely false sometimes, yes. are sometimes just trolling. But on the other hand, there are people who should understand that there are talking points out there that it could be really convincing. And it's worth understanding and educating people about like what things are there is genuine discourse between uh, about what things are for sure known by scientists and which things are kind of like we're not sure about. So, But OK, so I'm, I want to step in there on what you're saying and say, I think what a big issue with climate change denial and what happened at specific points in recent history is that when... For example, they wanted to do a carbon tax in America when they wanted to do cap and trade. Mm -hmm. uh, all these scientists were coming together explaining why this was essential. And in actual government, they were like, oh, well, we need a rebuttal. So they gave platforms to mm -hmm. climate change deniers that they never should have given. Even right. like when you think about that Bill Nye argument, a lot of people think like, why would he even have this debate? I think there is an important point to be said there that I don't think that's what we're doing right now and I don't I think that's why I wanted to make the video that I made to be how to talk to climate change deniers and in the beginning of the video I look in the camera and I say this is for people who accept that climate change is real this is not for climate change deniers it's Fair. about because I, there is not a place anymore for these people to have a valued uh, argument and the way that they manipulate people is really kind of scary yeah it's, it's not it's Especially not nuanced there, i mean there's a strategy to it i'm sure yeah. there are some people who deny climate change out of ignorance do you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah who have been trapped by systems like this uh -huh. to capture them but obviously there are people who are intentionally creating this misinformation yes. and creating this. Debate. there are a lot and it's so interesting because when you really get into these climate change and arguments you're like they're so perfectly crafted mm -hmm. to the real science that you're like you know this you're just manipulating people mm -hmm. and so we will get into it okay. later do you want to start like okay, do you okay. go with your first study yeah so my first study isn't exactly about that point but we're okay, gonna get sorry, into that because it's juicy um okay so this is a specific scientific article that was released by nasa in 2015 that is used by climate change deniers to make a point by cherry picking information and it's really sad because even the author of this article was like, I do not want climate change deniers to use this <laughs> against the argument of climate change. And guess what? 
they did. Fox News, lots of people still love this article, even though okay. it's outdated. So essentially, it's that there were mass gains in ice in Antarctica on the eastern side. Mm-hmm. So Antarctica is growing. How does that make sense? That's right. the opposite of melting. And so, in fact, this is true. The eastern part of Antarctica is growing, but it's not growing anymore at a rate that outpaces the other parts of Antarctica that are melting. So, like, the overall ice mass... Is melting now. At the time, it was a little bit more up in the air. This is okay. 2015. Now they can say with confidence it's overall melting more than growing in the specific part where they studied. Okay. So... At the very beginning of this article, even now, there's, like, a big alert that's, like, the findings reported here conflict with over a decade of other measurements, (laughs) including previous NASA studies. However, challenges to existing findings are an integral part of the scientific process and can help clarify and advance understanding, which is, like, it's so interesting because so much of science is about studying and, Mm -hmm. you know, conflicting research and challenging each other's opinions. And this is a great example of an article that did that. Mm-hmm. It was rooted in the specific scientific findings that this guy had, right. but it gets completely manipulated. Like taken out of proportion. Yes. Yeah, because that this happens pretty often in controversial topics where people, like scientists, will release a study and actually often they'll say, like, I understand this conflicts with other results, but it's still worth sharing. Like, and this then is if, what I found. And then if yeah. a thousand results conflict with it, we can, we can look at that. Uh, but then obviously people take that out of context and that's probably really frustrating for the scientist who found it and is like, my work is being used yeah, for he's negative like, gain. He's like, I'm studying the eastern ice sheet of Antarctica. That's my job. That's what I'm doing. That's what I've chosen to do. And I'm seeing that it's growing. It's slowly growing. And the thing also about climate change is it's so big like a lot of people compare this issue to the ozone hole in the cfc's and how we like were able to fix that mm-hmm. like the montreal protocol signed by ronald reagan i think by a by a republican if you're listening <laughs> like you know what i mean i'm like republican leaders did that was the right thing right. to do at the yeah. time it had to do with climate change it's not a left or white battle here left or right, <laughs> left or right. <laughs> well might be the same thing left or right um yeah. <laughs> but essentially, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, that was such a simple issue. Like it was, it was one more, issue. It was like yeah. CFCs are causing the, the mm. hole in the ozone. Let's just mitigate CFCs. Climate change is so huge. So it's like, okay, this part, little part of Antarctica, is say it is, say all of Antarctica was growing in ice. There's a reason for that. And it's like, but then we have to look at Greenland. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Where it says, in, it's that in July alone this year, 197 billion tons of ice melted into the oceans. Yeah, and uh, normally it would be like 60 to 70 billion tons at this time. So it, it was almost like double that. Right. And I mean, actually, it was double that. It was more than double that. <laughs> and on August first, and on August first this summer, Greenland's ice sheet lost 12.5 billion tons of ice, and that's more than any day they'd ever seen since they were actually looking at Greenland's ice since the 1950s. So it, it's like you can cherry pick this information in mm-hmm. one spot and yell about. And even just the ice melting or growing is still only one factor to consider, right? Exactly. So like, exactly. We have measurements of the average global temperatures also that keep rising over time. Like, of course, they. Can kind of go up and down, up and down, but the general trend is up. Like, there's ways that we look at the environment locally and globally that's beyond just those two factors even, that we go, okay, when all these things come together, I think that's one important thing that sometimes is missed on people who, like, either don't work in science or haven't followed science is, like, it's the mass amounts of data that can lead you to results. So specific studies are really important, like, but if we have one study that says, chocolate is really good for you and then 10,000 that say it's bad for you we we go okay it's probably bad for you right like it's just 
as you add more and more statistics, it creates a different type of result that sometimes it's hard to make that sound sexy. It's like when you have a title of a study that says the Antarctic is growing, the Antarctic ice sheets are growing, that's a lot easier to, you know, write and have it clicked on than, oh, over the average of these thousands of studies, we see that this is the general trend, but we can't for sure predict where it's going. But if we had to, we'd say it's going this way. Yeah, I right? know. Like, it's, yeah, it's so much more like nuance is being lost in this, especially in this day and age. It's hard to be nuanced right now. Everything is and really it's scary because it's an easy way for any issue. But in this one in particular, for climate change deniers to cherry pick. Just that, like you what said. you were saying that the fact that obviously the warming trend is going up when you look at it from a large scale. It's so like ever since the industrial revolution, you mm-hmm. look at the graph, you're like, Oh my God, we started burning coal, <laughs> started burning fossil fuels. Holy crap. Yeah. It, like it has caused the whole entire, it caused global warming. And what they do is, uh, and I've read these studies. It's so scary. They just cherry pick that little bit, that mm-hmm. l- those few years where it went down a bit and right. then went up. And then they just put that into a really scientific looking article. Yeah. They talk about it at these institutions. And it's like, why would you not believe this? They're, it looks like scientific. It's like you aren't a scientist yourself. You're seeing this graph. Yeah. And it's just so sad. It seems so simple. You're like, oh, this is so frustrating that they're they're doing this because that's exactly what they do. They cherry pick yeah. the little times that it, the the temperature and on average has gone down like between two years. And, and they something don't look at I notice big. happens in other controversial groups as well as as soon as like it seems to be, you know, if you're someone who's you supporting the facts of climate change, you will try to rebut them. And as soon as you do, they will go to a different issue and just switch it to something else. And it's always your job to keep chasing them and then telling them why that's wrong. No, what? I want you to say your studies and then I'm going to do my my last thing is I'm just going to actually do a step-by-step based on all the research that I have about how to talk to climate change. God, I'm getting turned on. (laughs) No, oh my God. It's like, it's just I'm like a conglomeration no, of research yeah. and all the research is also like, but it's hard because you might not get anywhere with this. And sometimes, yeah, it's not. Sometimes I think it's not worth it to do that. Argue with someone because they just yeah. jump around to every little thing. And then it's your job to have every fact in your head. At so all the time. first thing that all the research has <laughs> to do is to is you start by asking questions. You put them in the hot seat. Uh, so you don't ever rebuttal oh at the beginning. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. I'm so excited for that. Okay. <laughs> so my study um, is actually a little more to do with like who are climate change deniers. And I don't want to make this like a podcast that's like anti-white men or anything like we're both mo- well you're a white man and i'm like mostly half white man <laughs> you're six, well, you could say it under you did 23 me 61 percent white 60 percent white man um no i I'm found fu- i'm f- i am i fully found white study man. on um on reddit you so know I, which I, is I, like a manosphere yeah so and like, i really don't like that i just yelled i am fully white man excitedly <laughs> okay no i just want people to know i am a white man i am fully so freaking privileged. We can acknowledge it, people. Right. We don't have to and, run from it. And it My doesn't have to be an so attack. Easy. Yeah, to just acknowledge. So, this but title, hard. I, Everything's hard. Life's I love hard. the oh title God. of this study. There's actually been a couple de- uh, replicated in different countries, but this one's in the U.S. It's called Cool Dudes. The Uh-oh. Denial of Climate Change Among Conservative White Males yeah, in the United I've States. I've read about this. Okay. Yeah. So, basically, they uh, the hypothesis was, are white men more likely to endorse climate change denialism? Um, I guess you probably know where this is leading. The answer is yes, more than any other group, conservative white men are most likely to be climate change deniers. Um, and the study says that it believes... Uh, that the fact that those who say they understand environmental issues very well are actually more likely to be climate change denials, d- deniers. Does that make sense? Like, if you're a conservative white male and you're like, I understand all these facts about climate change, I know environmental oh issues really well, you're more likely to be a denier. 
um, this study found that that was a form of identity protective cognition. So like maybe you've learned in your studies too, like, you know, oftentimes we don't want to buy into ideas that conflict with our very own beliefs that that tell us that the things that we're doing could be causing harm to whether it's the environment or other people. Like it's difficult to face facts when you're like, oh, but My I don't like that. Yeah. To this. yeah. Which is like everyone in a sense. Like we're all consumer. Well, it goes back to that thing that you even said. The fact that I'm saying, I don't know, as a white man, obviously there's some cognitive disconnect. Why can't you just, in this whole argument, we see it be like, yeah, I can understand why I have this type of privilege. Mm-hmm. The whole society and the whole way that like capitalism is built benefits me. Like that's all you have to do, but it, it it's because it's challenging your ideology and maybe even it feels like it's taking away your sense of worth or the fact that yeah you have shitty days too like or that yeah that can exist at the same time while being true exactly yeah people think like well that people are trying to take away the fact that my life is also hard right like when it comes to race or sexuality issues like a lot of people end up arguing like well you can be white and poor or you can be white and uh, underprivileged and it's like exactly it's nuanced we know that but uh, it's it's almost like the study thing in a general idea when we look at it at a macro scale yeah yeah. There's there's a truth here, mm-hmm. and you are a part of it. That doesn't mean that you, we're saying that we are disregarding your entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other thing this study kind of talked about was that since the late 80s, conservative white elites have spearheaded a lot of the attacks on climate science through, like, media, corporations, radio, talk, like, TV stuff. Climate and change that, deniers, you mean? Or, or, uh, so wait, basically what? saying that conservative media yes. led by white elite men, yeah, like, at your average white conservative male see them as part of their in-group. So the obviously these conservative uh, groups yeah. have interests in, like we've seen, like, like if the it Trump was administration someone... is trying to support like coal and oil and things that like are predominantly run by older white men who have interest in making money. From so if those you're an industries. older white man who maybe doesn't necessarily believe those things right now, you're seeing other people who look like you spearheading this and it's making it easier yeah, for you to exactly. like relate. They, or to even think, though okay. they're elite and you might not be, you see them as part of your in-group, right? Uh, and so wow. things like talk radio and podcasts have been like super successful in capturing the ideas of like the average white conservative man who may not be that wealthy, but identifies with those people and then gets those ideals of mm-hmm. climate change analysis through those so that's what we're sort of up against since the late 80s is like these conservative movements that obviously are very like capitalist in nature and want the denialism to whether they believe it or not and whether it's part of part of propaganda for everyone or for some hosts may actually believe it um it's being spread like very effectively wow that's really interesting yeah i've read a bunch of studies about that as well the one i read was actually about how confident conservative minded men are more likely to deny climate change mm-hmm. like it was like a, it was actually a psychological study that included people's confidence and it was like the more confident you were the more likely you were to deny climate change which well is kind there's of a very famous quote about that somewhere right it's like the those who are filled with confidence it's kind of it's kind of like people who think that they're like they find that people who self-identify as really smart are actually the people who usually aren't as knowledgeable. Yeah, about and whereas really people who are like, I don't are, know what's going on. Are full of doubt. Yeah. Because yeah. they understand how things, complex yeah, things and are. And that you can never know everything. And yeah. it's like so overwhelming to feel like I'm so stupid because there's so much to know. Which is so interesting in this argument because it's so hard because it's like people listen to confidence. People mm-hmm. listen to blindly confident statements. And so it's uh, like, how ooh. do you combat this like blatant lie that is emotionally said versus like the truth which is more nuanced and said with which okay again one of the most important things about talking to climate change deniers is you need to have 
storytelling on your side. You have mm-hmm. to be emotional and you have to figure out how to create stories that people can grab onto instead of just like arbitrary facts because people don't listen to facts. I know. And so I'm, I'm reading that book and I've told you about this, but there's this book called Quiet. It was like a really big bestseller. So I'm sure many of you've heard of it. It's about being an introvert in a world that can't stop talking is like the tagline. But it goes on to say like how our culture has shifted from a cult of like um, – to a cult of personality. I think it's from a cult of not morals, but cult of, now I can't remember the term, but how like what mattered most about you originally was how like what your standards were, like less about how you could like put on a show and be an extrovert and be outgoing. And now that cult of personality is manifesting in like our leaders. Donald Trump, oh my God. And not even just Donald Trump, like the people, like whether you're left or right, like our obsession with people who are outgoing and fascinating and over the top. Put themselves out there. Yeah, We're not- YouTubers, for goodness sake. I know. We're on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Okay, so we're obviously getting really excited about well, not this. Not excited, just but like, like worked up, a worked bit. up about this topic, and it's obviously on our minds at a time when we need to be figuring out the climate crisis, not worrying about people lying to <laughs> humanity. So I am just going to take you through the scientific research about how to talk to climate change deniers because I think that is what, if you're listening to this, is going to be the most like, important takeaway. Right. I'm so, ready. Yeah, I, I'm so curious. Yeah. So the first thing is storytelling so before you ever have these conversations it's really important that you have specific stories that you can tell at a certain like point. anecdotes like they or, say that like they it, it's better if it's like a full-fledged story with a narrative that you can like sort of essentially take over the conversation and tell someone that gives the emotional reaction because they're gonna have that you mm-hmm, know what i mean mm-hmm. climate change deniers that's what they're good at if you if you're a climate change denier, you can lie. So you can make up whatever story you want. You know what I mean? Like you have that right. benefit. You're not worried about the facts. Mm-hmm. So you need to figure out scientifically backed stories. So I have a variety of them that I am going to say in the video. But I could get, like one is the one that I made the video of. It's called The Biggest Lie About Climate Change. And right. It's essentially that ExxonMobil and these uh, large oil companies wanted to do research about the impact of burning fossil fuels in the 70s when they were starting to really ramp up doing this. And they discovered right. that it was going to cause global warming. And they specifically were like, this is going to go against our ability to make billions of dollars for ourselves. We are going to lie to everyone mm-hmm. and pretend that this information... Like that we didn't that have we it don't or have that it, we don't know. That we don't know it. And that actually, that it's not true. So they planted the seed of denial through like marketing. Early, before early even on. the studies could ever have come out because they were the first to And it was their it. own scientists yeah, who they hired who then left and were like, started screaming, no, this is going to cause the exact situation that we are now in right now. And it's the most important time that they could have switched to renewables. They're still a company. If they had been innovative, yeah. they could have been like, okay, BP, or, or sorry, at the time it was BP. ExxonMobil would have been like, okay, we're going to actually go into renewables and create like a diverse array. But that would have maybe, I don't know, been harder. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so they did lie to you That's and to it. your parents. And it's they are evil. And I think that they need to that be sued. Evil. And they need to pay the price of this. And that is a story that I think people... Right, connect to and go, oh my gosh. Like, because I also think generally the mainstream public can understand that corporations have a motivation towards greed. So that like connects you because it's not like some conspiracy theory. Like, this is documented. Like, the scientists and everything about that story can can be researched. And it's like, I think it's just hard because sometimes people think, like, well, I don't. I often like I give people the benefit of the doubt. Like even when people are climate change deniers, I often don't think they're trying to lie. Like in their minds, they they believe it. But when you then think about like these huge like whether it be like oil tycoons or whatever, yeah, you start to realize like money, money literally 
talks. Like, it's crazy. It and scares me. And that's the thing is that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The, really soon, this really famous climate change and astrophysicist was funded by fossil fuel companies. Mm-hmm. They did do this. It's well documented. They, in a very, yeah, evil, it is kind of black and white. That's the best way we can pitch it. In an evil way to make more money for themselves, mm-hmm. lied about the climate crisis that we are now And knowing in. that they would never have to face any of the consequences, like, globally, because they're probably going to be dead by the time anything, like, Exactly. Matters, you know? And that's, that is an important part about all of this. And I was thinking about another story. We watched recently Deepwater Horizon, mm-hmm. which is about the BP oil spill. Mm-hmm. And I think... It's a good story because it shows the people actually working on the rig as like, you know, the middle Americans who are actually out there every day. They are considered in this the good guys. So we're going to think about it like from a Hollywood perspective. Right. And the bad guys in that movie are the BP uh, oil execs. Yeah. And it's like, OK, if that's the narrative that people need to start with, let's start with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like they're there, the money hungry, the money hungry people. people who are trying to force them to like go against this regulation. Right. That's an important word that we're going to get to later. Regulation. <laughs> go against this like regulation. Regulation that is done by the people who actually know the oil rigs create this massive uh, spill that ruins its environmental destruction, economic destruction. So I'm like, that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. because part of the Green New Deal and part of fixing this problem is that you can't ignore the people who work in oil right now. You need to immediately fix how to give them new totally. types of jobs and yeah, renewables. I think that's one of the hardest things that people... you. Not that deniers would say, but that any person with compassion would say, like, what do we do with yeah. all the people they working need to in this be industry helped out first, yeah. who are like, maybe don't have the skills to be in another industry or like, that's a huge challenge that we have to at least address. That doesn't have anything to do with whether or not climate change is real or not. But I think some people's resistance to buying into like the regulations around climate change has to do with like, how can we just change everything? Yeah. So there we go. So in the stories that you tell... And you can find lots of them. Oil, big oil, rich, big oil executives. Those are your bad guys. Go after them in these conversations. Mm -hmm. And there's a variety of stories. Another one, Merchants of Truth, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's so many that you can find, okay? So now you have these specific stories. The first thing you're supposed to do in a conversation with a climate change denier is ask them questions. Find out about who they are. Know your audience. Like, like what kind of questions? Like, literally, what? like one example would be, like, where are you from? Say you find out that they're from Louisiana. Okay. Then you start to go, okay, obviously I'm going to start thinking about sea level rise. That's going to be the mm-hmm. biggest issue if you live in Louisiana. How can I incorporate that scientific information into a story to tell this person? Maybe they're a grandparent. Maybe they're older. So you start to go, okay, you have grandchildren. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start thinking about the 
what is the world going to be like in 60 years for your grandchild? Mm. So instead of just randomly saying scientific facts, right. you need to understand, you need their, to understand perspective. their perspective. Yeah. This or maybe they work thing. in coal. Like you have to figure yeah. out who they are first and it stops you from just yelling or oh, getting yeah. mad at the top. <laughs> Which is like really hard. Yeah, yeah. That's a skill that like, I haven't been taught, and I'm not very good you, at it. Yeah, you yell at me a lot. Well, okay. <laughs> I yell at you, too. No, I yell at you, too. I yell at you, too. I meant, like, with anyone, like, when you get heated, when yeah. you're like, but you're so dumb. Like, why can't you see this? It's so hard to have that patience to go, actually, if I want to communicate effectively with you, I need to slow down, calm down, understand where you're coming from, and then engage with the way that yeah. you can actually listen. That's hard. So that's so that's that there you go. You have your stories now, right? So you're gonna mm-hmm. have to research, find out the story for you. Then you're gonna start by asking questions. It keeps you calm. It keeps you Do you empathetic. ever ask questions about like their understanding of climate? So no, this is what they say uh-huh. is it's, it's just about, just about getting to know them, okay. getting to understand their worldview so you don't waste time yelling about things that, that they're not gonna care about. Yeah. You can cater your information to them. Okay. Okay. So the next thing you need to do is you have to be equipped with the right information. And so my advice is to go to a website called Skeptical Science. So it's a website that essentially conglomerates all of the climate change denial arguments and gives you the rebuttal. And it oh, gives nice. you okay. yeah, the rebuttal in beginner, medium, hard. <laughs> like it literally Whoa, will allow like different levels of like yeah, of your understanding. for somebody who would be not so scientifically inclined and then somebody who should yes. understand a deeper understanding if yes. you were to say it to them. Okay. So it, it's like a place where you can go and I read this all the time. It's really fascinating so you can have this knowledge in your back pocket, but I also think it's a smart place to go maybe even with the person that you're talking to oh. if they're bringing up any type of information. You're like, "Excuse me, I'm going to get my phone out. Fact checking on the spot. It's, yeah, it just it has all their arguments already laid out there. They're doing a really good job of right. figuring out what they're saying, what these people are saying, and then the actual scientific facts that go right with it. So they do the work for I you. I have two things I want to comment on about that. Number one, this that only kind of addresses, which is totally fine, but it's a very like in-person thing, right? Like there's a whole other side of like conversations on the internet are actually really hard to have. And what do you do about people who are sort of isolated in communities that are in denial over climate change? And how do you reach those people? Because like they don't have a friend who's going to be like, hey, let me show you this website. Maybe what what things like we do and many other people over the internet does impact over time, but maybe not. And also like maybe just because you go to skeptical science or just because you go and bring these people the scientific information, it isn't necessarily going to be the thing that works, but it might put them in their place. It's just one piece of the puzzle. Yeah, because you're essentially when you're arguing against climate change deniers, you have scientific fact on your side. You, right. you, Wherever you go and look for information, you're going to find the scientifically backed information backing up what your point is. They are wrong. Right. I guess I just worry about like people who are science deniers having their own set of like science uh, a website compared to this that would be like and when a, a science climate believer shows you this study you well go they don't this, from my understanding right? they okay. don't have that the, the the specific arguments that they have are repeated over right. and over and over and they okay. work so you emotional. can focus on those ones yes. but the big there is something that i think we can bring up now which is the biggest challenge in all of my research it's where i think the fundamental framework of all of this it's where i look to people right now listening to help me it's where I think that we, the crux of this issue. I, I just got, okay. <laughs> so there's a big ideological okay, issue, oh. okay? No, okay. That, is, that is it. There's okay. a big ideological issue here, which is that when it comes to climate change deniers, okay, people, some people think it's like a religious issue. It's not. Mm-hmm. A very tiny oh, really? fraction of people who deny climate change is for religious like reasons. Like it's not linked it's not. to religion. Huh. It's for political and economic reasons, okay? okay? And the main 
momentum that climate change denial movement has behind it is that it is a liberal hoax invented to sneakily usher in socialism. What? So that that is what people think like genuinely be yes so (laughs) it really what the climate change denial movement grew a lot after the 2008 financial crisis even because that was a time where governments and corporations really let us down Yeah, yeah they let the people down and governments in many ways fund science and they think okay it's just the government's way of like creating propaganda to try and usher in to have an excuse to regulate further and be more heavily involved that's literally the word is regulation so regulation is like the word that creates a lot of this animosity Sorry, oh my, my phone's going on. I'm sorry, sorry. Oh my God. sorry. Okay. No, no, <laughs> that's timing. cool. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I, I literally don't have my, I haven't had my ringtone on in years. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like cool that you even have it on. <laughs> and I'm like, I should put mine on because everyone's like, we called you. I'm like, didn't pick up. <laughs> okay. So regulation, this is the word. This is where I don't know what to do. Because even when I think about um, fiscally conservative people here in Canada, even like liberal elites, like if we want to go forward with the climate crisis and deal with it properly, there's going to need to be regulation, regulation on companies, regulation on the government. And if you ideologically don't believe in that, if you fundamentally believe that you do not want to be regulated by the government, right. it's going to be much harder it's to be, accept. Yeah. That. Well, this, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Even thinking about ourselves, like imagine the answer to climate change. Like we're both like liberal minded, socialist minded. Like if the answer was the opposite of that, we'd probably be like, yeah, that feels shitty to what think What do you mean that, the opposite of that? Like, like, say, like, there was concrete scientific evidence that a more capitalist society was actually the solution to climate change and that we need to move away from, like, government intervention and yeah. socialist ideals. Yeah. Like, obviously, I don't, I don't think they're... Then I'd be like, oh, I'll buy more. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but you're right. Wouldn't. No, but just, you're right. Like, I guess that's not a perfect analogy, but I'm saying, yeah, if it was affronting your belief in the existence and thrive thrivingness of humanity it would be very hard, hard. To, to say yeah i'm just gonna You're throw right, my belief system for this yeah so s- psychological studies have found that people who are more interested in social justice uh collective action and are more skeptical of corporations are more likely to accept climate change and people who are, have more individualistic worldview and who actually are more interested and and prop up the concept of corporations and believe in corporations are more likely to deny climate change. Those are so those are right. fundamental worldviews. And you're right, I fall more in line with. But the, are they so specifically intertwined? I mean, yes, I can see. Okay, yeah, you're right. I yeah. see from like the government level, of course, like the more government involvement to regulate companies and to tell them what they can't do or what they have to pay more for to like mitigate environmental impacts. But I don't know. I just feel like that. Yeah, that's weird to me. I'm just like, I don't feel like every element of like doing good for the environment has to do with that. But when you think about climate change and where we're at and what needs to happen, and it's like, I even think about uh, our friends. So we live in Toronto. We live in a big city. We're liberal minded. We are what people would call the liberal elite, right? In order for climate change and the regulation to happen properly, our lives are also going to have to change. Yeah, of course. For not what people would necessarily deem the way we have life right now like the better like we might have to find joy in other things outside of like shopping Mm -hmm. and like going on vacation and all these things and so it's a challenge for everyone and it involves regulation and to be regulated i think 
goes against a lot of human instincts, yeah. especially if your worldview is that of, you know, being more individualistic, being more like believing in corporations, believing in free market capitalism th- that people genuinely love and have fundamental beliefs in those that we don't have. Right. And so you're, they're being told constantly. It, it gives ammunition for why not to believe. So uh, this, this is the this is the part where I'm like, I don't <laughs> know. Well, here- but I have some I have some tips, but I don't know. Well, what the do. only thing I was thinking is like that's when it has to sort of like be made cool, which has nothing to do with government. So there's like an element of making uh, like making healthy choices for the environment and yourself become like trendy. And I think that happens in I'm sure it happens all over. But like even in major cities, like sometimes you have hipster movements or whatever that are to use reusable containers. And that becomes like a cool thing to not be like using single use plastic. We even saw like obviously like the plastic straw issue was not directly linked to climate change, but it is to waste and it is to like plastic. That's use. also a really good anecdote about storytelling, how important storytelling is that specific story and image of that turtle created like a mm, freaking straw true. revolution. It's That's like true. you need a simple story but to create action. But it becomes action. sort of cool. Maybe it's not cool right now, but like to a degree, yes, like there's yeah, levels yeah. of like having a reusable straw that you can be like, oh yeah, like I feel good about this. And when people mm-hmm. see me, I'm not going to like run around bragging about this, but like I feel good about it. And I think like celebrities, whether it's YouTubers or like famous traditional celebrities or just it needs to permeate culture to like make choices that are like a little less consumerist like we can go to reused clothes stores like and support recycling things yeah. that are been used before and are still just as good instead of buying a, a wholly new yeah thing. i think wow. that this leads to no no that's a really good point it leads to my last point which is be vulnerable i want to talk a bit about some of the like I'm going to take information from this Tea Party member who believes in climate change and like has some ideas. But I think you're right. I think it's important that people are vulnerable about their own lives and are aware. Because a lot of people actually think that maybe Al Gore's um, specific way of talking like maybe gave ammunition to the climate change denial movement because he sort of had a like... Uh, I know better than you type stance. It was mm. sort of like this, like a little bit angry. And then he was flying in private jets everywhere. Like right. they would use a that. Con- like a little hypocritical maybe. Yeah. So I it's mean, like, the only thing I'll say is like, he did know better. Sometimes I want to stop and be like, well, he was right. You yes, know what but, I mean? Sorry, but I'm saying like, we have to yeah. try and figure out this. This and, conversation isn't about being right or wrong. It's about how to actually talk to these people and fundamentally understand. I guess how I'm to get trying to say across. just for that point, sometimes yeah. it feels like a distraction. It's like, that is true that he probably produces more waste than the average person because of his lifestyle. He probably acknowledges that though. Like that doesn't take away from his message. And sometimes people use that to take away from the yeah. message. Sorry. I'm trying to think like, how do we learn from history? It's like yeah. my point is, that talk. we should if we say use um, a reusable straw it's good to be vulnerable and be like I'm aware that this is just for this one thing it's kind of ridiculous I also want you to know that I do like, like I'm not like, perfect in we every way we fly a lot yeah. for our job and mm-hmm. it's like we need to be talking to our friends and say we are aware that we do this yeah just because I do the straws doesn't mean yeah. I've like stopped flying everywhere yeah just because like yeah. we choose make a, the choice to bike everywhere and like use public transit and maybe our friends drive we, it's good for us to be like but you know what we fly and mm. what that actually means is that you're probably having less of an impact on the environment than we are you're talking about climate change you're being vulnerable and having an open discussion and yeah. I think that's important rather than maybe preaching preaching and then having yeah. it come back and to having the, the standard be perfect or awful right yes. like I think yeah, yeah. I think people are scared to do it because there is this element of like 
like I would say cancel culture in a way where I, th- I think people get scared that if I like even as a like an influencer or a YouTuber or a celebrity, if you start to endorse these ideals, then people will pick you apart on both sides for everything you're doing wrong. Right. So suddenly if you're like, I really believe in these initiatives mm-hmm. that are going to help so us, true. Yeah. Eat, I'm going to decide to like eat less meat because it's environmentally friendly. Then everyone's going to be like, oh, well, interesting. You're flying. And you interesting, do this other you're, thing. Yeah. yeah. You're doing this and this and this. Yeah. You're not. And it's like I think it stops people because they're afraid of not being perfect. And I I think we need to create sort of a culture around it that's like let's just at least start by doing our best and seeing what we what little steps we can all take which i know in some views of thing maybe isn't a big enough change but like we got to get there somehow. well and i think it does start with with culture and with discussion which is why it's like okay if you're doing those things you're maybe talking to people about it. It means you're aware, which is so important. Mm-hmm. And I think, okay, I want to talk about this. So you said Debbie vulnerability, Dooley. right? Yeah, that's the last point. So okay. sorry, going back to the point, which was to talk about the big fundamental issue, the fact that it has become a left versus right thing. And the fact that people, climate change deniers on a more extreme sense, think this is a liberal hoax to usher mm-hmm. in socialism. And on a less extreme case, fiscally conservative people still think uh, if we are going to follow this Green New Deal trend, we're ushering in socialism, so I'm going to figure out a way to fight this, okay? Right. So Debbie Dooley is a <laughs> Republican Tea Party leader, okay? And she really is wanting to make sure that her Republican Party does not think of this as, like, black and white. She's like, climate change is real. We need like to figure out how to right get issue. our base on the side. So what she says is that Richard Nixon created the EPA, mm-hmm. okay? So mm-hmm. a very conservative president did create something that is literally all about the protect. Uh, environmental mm-hmm. protection. Uh, Ronald Reagan signed the Montreal Protocol, which historically uh, has s- fixed the issue with the ozone layer. We know that's a lot more simple of a story, but he it was still a uh, Republican. Right. It's not it left was right. right. These weren't like left leaning issues at the time. At the time, They've historically kind of transformed. And there's many many stories like this that are maybe really important to bring up with someone because you like if they start to yeah. fall into this ideological issue, go okay, well that's interesting because that's more recent. What about right. who are your idols? Look mm-hmm. at what they've done, and what she says about. Uh, diverse energy grid with more renewables is that it leads to energy freedom, mm-hmm. energy choice, better competition, and innovation. And I was like, those buzzwords like freedom. I'm like, should we just use those words like, outside of context and like, yeah. But like, actually, right? Like, I don't. Yeah. Freedom is such a loaded term, and it's like I get why it's like it, it almost seems like meaningless. But then I'm actually like, wait. It's true. Like a more diverse it's interesting energy that she's grid. interested in diversity suddenly. Yeah, I know. I know. It's true because there's so many other things these people believe in that we disagree with. But focusing on this issue. Yeah. A diverse energy grid. It's like, yeah, that actually yeah. is better for the economy and for your freedom as a country to not rely on oil yeah, from other countries. Why do we want one massive sort? Like we know that we should have a diversity of everything, literally. And every space diversity tends to be like a positive Biological. thing. Biologically, diversity is like so important. So if one thing goes bad, there's still like lots of variation. Um, I think, yeah, like thinking like, hey, why don't we support all these other industries so there isn't just like one massive competitor who can screw them over every time they come along. It's part of the issue with Facebook right now and why they're like saying they should split up into like being a WhatsApp company, an Instagram company, a Facebook company and all that so that they can't just like buy out the competitors or or just make a copy thing of them and then outcompete them because they have so much more money. Like, 
it competition is good and it creates incentive and it's better for consumers and it's like better for society in many ways it, it's gonna it's like a, a wealth inequality issue too right like that's what is gonna happen with facebook i think the hardest part is that to create that environment that is probably where the government has you to need regulation in. it's yeah. literally about elizabeth warren regulating facebook mm-hmm. right and so fundamentally certain people think that that is bad fundamentally more left-leaning people are more okay and accept that and it sucks because we have now gotten to the point with climate change where i mean sometimes we disagree with this fundamentally but i fundamentally think that regulation is necessary it's it's i I don't actually think at this point that some magical thing like some company is going to figure out some way to solve this Mm -hmm. i think that we need regulation at this point, and that might be the point of your conversation. I don't disagree with you. Sorry, I don't know. I don't know. Some, yeah, you don't. There's probably varying degrees of like what are we talking about and what direction. Sometimes I'm just like, like, like envious of your optimism towards like technology. Oh well, I do. Yeah, I guess like the like sometimes we have <laughs> arguments over like completely destroying the capitalist society, and I'm just like, well, there's like a level of like <laughs> innovation that comes from that, and like obviously the like, capitalist society has created a world where we have. Like lots of medical inventions, lots of like health. Like we're in a society that is very safe and very secure in in some ways. And we have free healthcare, babe. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I don't know. but of course it's also leading to the other end. Like late stage capitalism is causing lots of problems, including this problem with the environment. But I think there, of course, we should have these conversations out loud, and it should be a balance, and it should be a debate, and like. It just needs to be so much less partisan. Like, why can't we all just care about the environment and talk about it realistically? And so that's where I'm like, I really need help. It's where I want to, like, read books and understand, like, this is the fundamental issue, I think, in this whole issue of, like, getting people to listen and actually create action on climate change is that there are certain aspects of how we're going to need to move forward in the world right now that are going to go against people's political and economic beliefs. Mm -hmm. And this is where I want people's advice. And the only thing I could find really was uh, Debbie Dooley's right now <laughs> as someone in that uh, really, really on that, on that side and still have this like argument. Yeah. And then the last thing after you've sort of gotten to this point of their, of their conversation and the research says is that it's really important to be vulnerable because I think that this is a place where you can maybe drop your guard with some anger or some animosity or some arguments and just talk for me is to focus right. on kids. And right? it's not like about facts always. It's about like uh, connecting with a human C- being. Contact. That, it's yeah. so powerful. If you're actually having a conversation with someone, you need to find contact with them. And for me, I just whenever I just think it's that the future of this planet is going to be going towards kids. The people you're talking to might have kids. And I'm so scared and I'm so sad and I'm devastatingly embarrassed to be alive in 30 years when all of this is really starting to play out in 2050, so much flooding, it's going to create a devastating world. It mm-hmm. is. It is going to create that. That is the truth. So you can talk to them with that type of confidence. And even if they don't believe you, they're going to at least leave the conversation looking at their kids, looking at the kids around them, and maybe plant a seed of doubt. Yeah, and seeing that the the amount of like forest fires and hurricanes and things are... Yeah. Like, the world has, has changed. Even in my own lifetime, I recognize that the... And that could be just a small variation of things and, like, you know, things go up and down, but... I, you notice it. I think more and more people are noticing. It's like, not a small variation. In sorry, things. but you know, I guess like because my life is not that long on the grand scale of okay. things. Like as you it's know, long the on, time, a gra- on like, a scale of carbon dioxide like emissions, they've really shot up in your. Yeah, lifetime. that's not what yeah. I'm talking about. Oh, I'm talking sorry. about. Okay, you're missing my point. No, I'm sorry, like, sorry. I want to know what did you mean. I'm my curious. point is, within my lifetime, that would be an anecdotal story. In oh, the true, same true, way, true. when you look at graphs of temperature, they go up and down yeah. and up and down. But the general trend is up. So I'm saying, 30 years of life actually isn't 
that significant to look at just because there's more storms today than when I was 14 and could remember there being less storms isn't that much. But when you look at the science papers who go like, no, let's look over the last hundreds of years, we get like a better perspective. Mm-hmm. That's all I mean. But that, but I am, I am thinking like it is kind of crazy that those stories too that we were talking about earlier that were like um trying to figure out how to make like bp and all of these oil companies bad guys it's like we actually are just getting more and more stories about climate change and i think why there's a lot of momentum around it is because the stories of storms and flooding and fires that are increasing Mm -hmm. it's drastic like every year like there's a fire right now in California again. Like I remember last year thinking like, okay, this is the bad year. Like, because yeah, like that's how these things work. Like you're right. Like it's a large scale, but I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's like, and those stories matter and we need to link them to climate change. And people are like when you read the newspaper, but a lot of people are still trying to deny it and say like, no, it's it's an extraneous variable. Yeah. You you just kind of always have heard about it as like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But now it's It's here. Actually, it's happening. Uh, yeah. And, and it's only going to get worse. worse. If you think this is bad, then wait 20 years. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think that's an important part of all of this is to like be vulnerable and to talk about kids. And they're at risk and they're they're kids. I think I have like one positive <sighs> thing to wrap up on unless you have anything else significant you want to bring up for your points. Was uh, vulnerability the last one? Vulnerability was the last one. Yeah. Okay. I think a point that could maybe convert some people. Like I think in this world today, we've talked, I don't know if we talked that much on this podcast, but like how late stage capitalism causes lots of problems, even for like white men who are young, who often feel disenfranchised and like lost and not sure what their meaning of life is. And they're going to like all these dark places, whatever, (laughs) whatever, (laughs) whatever (laughs) you get the gist. I think that this issue could be an issue that people can care Care about about. and feel that they're making a difference. And I just like, Think of Hamilton the musical, and I've said this to you before, Greg, but the line like, look around, look around, how lucky we are to be alive right now. They're singing about- I literally just got shivers. This is a moment that like, yeah, it's an awful thing, but we're so lucky to be the people who get to make a difference in the world and like create a legacy. So, okay. We're the generation that gets to go, we we are going to fix this and people will never forget the changes we made. Oh my God, I'm literally freaking out. This is the most important issue. Like textbooks, if they're ever going to exist in the future, now <laughs> we'll look at 2019 time, yeah. is the time. And I can't, I I can't express it enough. Like I wake up every day. I mean, I know it's because I'm reading about these things. I'm reading these Green New Deal books. Like it's like I can't look around and not think why are we all not screaming and mm. it's it's hard because i am like okay i can't have existential dread and i have <laughs> way too much of that and you know it's like okay our job like we want to focus on being science communicators we want to communicate this so we're gonna get on a plane like there is a part of me that's like okay we need to actually maybe figure this out but like th- like all of a sudden i'm going about my life for for the most part unchanged while thinking this i'm like okay that's a challenge that i know personally I need to figure out but when you say that, I'm like, this is so true. This is the thing that can bring us all together. There is so much division here, but it's it's a global issue. It's an issue with our planet. If there's ever a time where borders are going to come down and we're going to get together, it's around this. Yeah, people often talk about, like, if aliens came to Earth it would and we're going to kill us, it would unite humanity. It's like, this is the alien. This is the alien. The alien's I know. here. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is a thousand times over. And so you're right. There is hope there and there's motivation there. And I can see it. Uh, we can see it within like the Fridays for future marches. Those are kids. And I think that's what my point is with the kids. I'm like, look at them. Like they mm-hmm. did not do anything to deserve this. If this is a Disney movie, they're the good guys. We're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. we need to make this right. And I think you're right. Like we, I think I need to work on that scope of positivity instead of thinking like, Oh my God, it's going to get worse. Or like, I'm so scared. Like, 
being vulnerable and being sad is important, but there's also probably a level of hope that I've mm-hmm. left out of this that I maybe need to include, which True. is because people don't want to feel dread. And I guess mm-hmm. if you're trying to convince someone, it's not that nice to go into a space of being like, oh my God, the world is so shitty then. Okay, you know what's something really honest and weird? What? So let's to recap the steps, it's that you need to have stories in your back pocket. Uh-huh. Uh, you need to ask questions, then be equipped. You need to understand the big ideological, uh, political, and economic issue so you can at least be aware of it and know you might not get anywhere, but at least you've talked to them. You need to be vulnerable. And then the end was that actually you need to have hope. But then you know when Greta said, like, I don't need your hope unless you do something, it's made me... Uh, Like, not wanna... Or I don't know. Like, I don't wanna, like, blame her for why I'm not having hope, but it's like, there's a really powerful statement there that's like, if you wanna have hope... You better freaking do something. Right. Right. Yeah, and so, hope is only one side of the coin. The if, other is action. Exactly. And if you have too much hope, it can lead to complacency. Because yeah. you're like, that's true. I have hope around, like, for example, sometimes when you say things about technology that I disagree with, I'm like, I think that's a really good way to cognitively dissociate from this right. by and being like, like, oh, like, someone oh, will figure yeah, it out. Yeah. But I think what I'm hearing from you and what those shivers made me realize is that when you told me that Hamilton quote and did tell me that hope, it actually made me a little bit more energized than I was before. So Hmm. there's, there's, it's like, it's like, there's a fine balance, right? There's so much dread and fear that you give up. And then there's too much hope and fear that you give up. Uh, You're complacent. Sorry. So I'm like, okay, that's an interesting thing. That there's I somewhere think, between. Yeah. That, like, the, there's a combination of both. Yeah. No, there is. <laughs> and I think when talking about this, I left hope out. And now I'm realizing that might have been a mistake mm. and maybe too short-sighted. So now I want to rethink this. Okay. So at the end of your conversation, there might be room for hope. Maybe. After you've cried about <laughs> yeah, the person's Only in the right dose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, no, no. That, that makes a lot of sense. <sighs> I mean, I'm curious if any of you have experiences with actual climate change deniers. I feel like I've never met someone who explicitly is like, it's not true at all. But I definitely have met people who are kind of iffy and maybe like politically motivated or, and, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the story aspect of this, uh, when I was reading the research papers, it wasn't about climate change deniers. It was also about people who don't want to talk about climate change. People who you know, you're like yeah. you're at just dinner. Like, are, are like, oh, I don't want yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, you won't. I just don't want to talk about climate change. It's like, oh well, actually, I have this like really interesting story. Mm. Uh, it it it, you know, it doesn't make you feel bad. It's like we right. need to be mad Detached about this other from, thing. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's actually true. Like you're having a beer with your friend. You're at a party. It helps you be like, okay, I have a very concise story. It's going right. to entertain you while teaching. Yeah, and it's not. I'm not just spitting out facts of how shitty everything is. Yeah, and it's like hard being a science communicator. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, are we Debbie Downers? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> well, no, a little bit, but we're not. No, we're not. We're no, bringing no, no, the hope. No, no. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that wasn't too much of a Debbie Downer. Wait, what was her name? Debbie who? Debbie Dooley. <laughs> are we Debbie Dooley? <laughs> no. I never thought I'd be like talking about like a tea party person's like argument. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a strange time. Times we live in, but they're um, fascinating. You're right. We're lucky to be alive right now, and I love. Are, and I, I think need we you. We all have a chance to do something, but it is like we have to figure out how to organize that and actually take action that inspires mass groups of people. And which, use which that is happening. But hashtag side note podcast to let me know when you think about that ideological issue. Like, what are I feel like there has to yeah, be better I'm sure things there's people out there who listen to this to podcast. I mean, maybe not that many, but like that are like conservative or maybe yeah. like maybe don't believe in. Like, it's possible there's some people listening to this that don't believe in climate change. After hearing this, like what? What? Are yeah. Your what are the arguments? What are the things that like would help us understand? How to I get feel this like point there's not across? that many listeners <laughs> who are kind of made it this far. But but I mean, there's probably people with more uh, experience yeah. talking to climate Exposure change than us. We're Canadian. People, like yeah. it's a little 
little bit different. city and yes. that's a very progressive city. Blah, blah, blah. So I would love to hear those stories. I'm so curious. Because uh, we're going to be talking about this a lot. Yeah, and stay tuned. Uh, Greg's video should be, uh, I don't know when this podcast is going out. So like, it'll be, go check our channel and see if there's a video. Oh my God, it's like, are we on that? I'm like, I'm never promising anyone anything. Yeah, no, like, no <laughs> promises. Here we are. Just know that we're working Take really hard. while we're here yeah. in the moment. Yes, we're, we're working really hard. And we're just trying to like figure. We're out doing our best. The big, big questions, and it's making us exhausted. Like, but. Honestly, but we appreciate you guys like listening and checking yes. in on us and supporting us. And hopefully, this was interesting and, and fun for you. Okay, thank you so much. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.